0: Welcome back to another episode of Disruptive Minds. In this episode, we're thrilled to welcome John Foster, a seasoned professional of a unique journey that spans chemical engineering, business management, and international intrigue. With a BS in chemical engineering and an MBA from LSU, John dedicated 30 years to many different companies in the chemical and business space. Exploring diverse sectors from uranium recovery to specialty phosphates, His extensive travels and cultural immersion inspired the creation of his award-winning international thriller, Morning in Havana. Beyond his corporate endeavors, John is a dedicated educator and entrepreneur, founding Middle School MBA, a program impacting over a thousand young minds. Join us as he shares his insights from his rich career, his passion for teaching economics. Get ready for a journey through the intersection of business, education, and global adventure. You are listening to the Disruptive Minds Podcast, home of The Entrepreneur. Thank you so much for joining us today, John. I'm really excited to talk about the middle school MBA. It, it sounds like a really interesting topic and something that a lot of people could benefit from.
1: Yeah, thank you, Bill. It's a, it's a great honor to be here. I uh, really appreciate appreciate you having me.
0: Yeah. So, could you give the audience a little bit of a background into who you are and what is the middle school MBA?
1: Sure. Um, so, I, I I guess my background is uh, business and engineering. I that's what I studied in school, and and then I went to work in industry and uh, worked. Through all sorts of different things, building plants, production, managing businesses, corporate strategy, and along the way, I was—I uh, I always studied economics ever since I was in school. I've just always found it fascinating. So it, I, I started volunteering uh, with Junior Achievement, and so I would uh, teach in classrooms as a as a volunteer. I did that for a number of years, and and along the way, I kept adding things and tweaking it and, and, until at one point I wasn't using their curriculum at all. I had my own and I was, I was teaching that. And and one day I was on the way to class and I said to myself, why am I teaching 14 kids? I should teach 14,000. And so that's when I uh, started building uh, middle school MBA out online, building all the, the tools I wished I had and, and everything else. So, uh, so that I could put all that in the hands of of teachers and have something that was, you know, really infinitely scalable. That was how it got from me being some some business schmuck to having a an online business uh, where we're teaching kids uh, business and economics.
0: Yeah, I really like how people sometimes just stumble into their passions, right? Like like the idea that you were out there doing all this various stuff, and then you know your volunteering work led you to a completely different path so one of the things you you, you mentioned uh, when we were talking was the idea of blended learning could you let the audience know what blended learning is and how it kind of fits into this whole thing you're doing
1: yeah blended learning is it's it's sort of
0: the idea is that you
1: you blend uh, a teacher in the classroom with either a you know, some some guru or some great uh, body of knowledge that's available on the internet. When you can make it work, it's a beautiful thing. But, but typically what happens when, when, when people talk about blended learning, you've got kids sitting in front of a device, reading a paragraph and then answering a question and clicking next, which everybody hates. It, it can only get worse than that. And that's the, that's the online part. But then there's a teacher in the room that can can help out if needed. And and that's so they call that. okay, it's blended. Well, no, that's that. And that's not how we do it. We've really, I think, hit the apex of blended in that we actually essentially do a mind meld with the teacher. So we we don't think about going to the student. We're going to the teacher. We're getting into the teacher's head. And giving the teacher the all the tools that they need to to deliver to the classroom. Because when, when I used to uh to volunteer as a as a junior achievement teacher, you show up and you don't know any of these kids. You've got 20, 25 kids in the room. You don't know them individually. And for, for me, I'm terrible with names. By the end of the semester, I might know half of their names. And and that's a real impediment to being able to to teach well when when you can take your expertise and put it in the head of that teacher in the room who knows every kid and how to push their buttons and how fast they can move and and all that sort of thing you get this blended element that's that's really amazing and you know one of my big concerns while I was building this was can can some teacher with zero background in business and economics actually teach this stuff that that's very very high level when when we when we say it's uh, MBA or masters of Business Administration we really are teaching graduate level stuff to to 12 and 13 year old kids so that was a big concern you know can can they get in fact the teachers themselves the first thing they say is well wait no I can't do this this is really over my head mm-hmm. but once they actually get their hands into it and and see the tools that we've given them and and how straightforward we've we've made it, they go, oh, okay, got it. Blended is, is is putting together, you know, some expertise out there with a, a good teacher who's in the classroom. And when it works, it's it's just phenomenal.
0: Yeah, that sounds a lot better than to what they used to call blended learning when I was in college. <laughs> you know, they used to send you home with a couple videos, you watched the videos, you went in, some guy talked about them for five minutes. You know, and and that was supposed to be this revolutionary thing of blended learning. But I think the approach of going to the teacher and, you know, having that mind melding where, you know, the teacher is able to know the content just as well as the expert and be able to deliver it to the, you know, students and be able to interact. So it's not just a one dimensional video where somebody goes, look, did you see what he said? Great. We'll take questions now you know, it's a much more impactful way of doing it. But the next question I have for you is why economics, right? Like there's a lot of important subjects in the world. Obviously I'm a little biased and I think economics is a great subject to teach kids, but why are you teaching economics to middle school children?
1: Well, okay. there, There are a lot of great subjects in the world, but, but they're not all equally great. And, and I think, uh, you know, you've you've got to prioritize. Uh, you know, we don't have infinite amount of time and and resources, and and so you we need to prioritize. What are we gonna What are we gonna teach kids? They need to be literate. They need to be numerate. But after they can read and and uh, multiply and subtract, okay, it's 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 important for them to understand history so they can kind of be situated in their world. But but now it's you're You're starting to get to economics then comes in as as maybe the fourth or fifth most important thing in that you know we we live in in this commercial world of we have transactions going on that that we participate in every day and and that are going around going on around us just in the millions. And if you don't have a framework for understanding how that works, you know this, this is how, you know, human beings are social animals. And we only survive. I'm out in Colorado uh now. You know, we've had some grizzly bears uh out in the out in the yard around us. You know, they, they've got they've got fur and claws and teeth, and you know, they can get by fine just walking around in the woods. We can't. We don't have that. Our our way of surviving is to work with each other in order to to extract the things we need from our environment and create the houses and food and clothes and and everything that we have. For for any of us to do it by ourselves is a recipe for absolute poverty. You know, go to any subsistence culture and it's just grinding poverty and and short lifespans and all that. The 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 secret for humans to be to be rich and healthy and and long-lived is that that we figured out how to split up the work among ourselves and to work with each other in a cooperative way uh, in order to, to get the things that we need. And, and that's the whole story. That's it's the fact that we're tool makers and that, that we've just continued to make more and more tools and to specialize in doing better and better in those tools. Those, those tools are actually our capital. That's what capital is. And that's what's propelled humans above all the other creatures. And so understanding how that works, because it really is, you know, people think about business and economics and, and, and yes, the competition is obvious and it's critical. You know, uh, humans are not angels and, and you need competition to to keep everybody honest. But the the bigger picture is that it's cooperation that I'm, I find a way I learn how to do some particular thing and create something that you would like to have. And you've done the same for something i like to have. And, and, and we exchange, you know, we swap it's we're, we're, we're cooperating to do all of humanity's work. And so to, if you understand how that works, then you have a big leg up in being able to, to, um, to, to get involved in that yourself and and to make your own way and 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 figure out your piece of this of this giant pie it's it's crazy important that that kids can understand that in order to see okay, here's here's my because you know when people say, well geez, John, these kids are awfully young you know to be learning this stuff but but no, they are they are well on their way to to thinking about what they're going to do with their lives they're their job as a middle school kid, or as as a classical educator say uh, in the logic stage, their job is to become an adult. And that's what they're trying to do biologically. They have to do that, they don't have a choice. And and part of that process is, okay, what is my place in this world that I'm inexorably being shoved into, you know? And so for them to have that roadmap at that age is is just tremendously uh, helpful. And then throughout their lives, you know, this is kind of a uh, a crusade of mine. Economics is is studying how do we work together to get you know what we want out of the world. When that breaks down, what you have is war. the The greatest cure for war is for everyone to understand that taking your productive capacity and and making bombs and going and destroying somebody else's productive capacity isn't making any of us richer you know it might make a defense contractor richer somewhere but overall we're all getting poorer it's 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 the failure of us being able to cooperate so as as a child you you need uh, economics to to chart your path and as an adult you you need to understand how the world works and and how uh how to avoid making the really really big mistakes that are out there
0: yeah i think that's a really good point because the whole time you're talking i just thought of like myself sitting back in high school science class right and i think about how many of those things that i use every day right like Sure, it's nice that I know the periodic table of elements, but I don't use that every day, right? Right. Right. even, Even something like calculus, which, you know, math is a very, very core skill, but I don't use calculus every day. I don't use trigonometry every day. But whether I'm a guy working on an assembly line somewhere or I'm running, you know, a major Fortune 500 corporation, I'm involved in this economic system. Right, I, I have a role to play. I'm, I'm observing economics every day. I'm creating value every day. I'm part of this larger system and ecosystem, like you said, where the whole world is intertwined through trade. So this is one of those really big topics that very few people understand, yet everybody is playing a role in. It's almost as bad as taxes, if we're being honest right? (laughs) You know, until you pay taxes for the first time, you have no clue what you're doing, right? And it's so many people go out into the world, and they have no idea the role that they play in, you know, the world of commerce, the world of trade. And even the person playing the smallest role is still engaging with this stuff every day.
1: And and not only that, but it's, but I I mean, take take the smallest role. You're the, uh, I don't know, you're the janitor at a at, a, at an office building somewhere, if you understand what that company is doing and how it fits into the big picture, you're a better janitor. You, you can prioritize, you know, how do, how do I do this or how do I do that? You, you, your opportunities for advancement are much better. Your, your, um, your attitude towards the other people that you work with. You know, or it just changes the way you see the world, and it makes you more valuable in that world. And of course, on on the other side, as a in your life as a consumer, you're you're less likely to get sucked into uh, bad loans and and bad deals, and you know, and all the other things where where people stumble.
0: Yeah, that that's the next point I wanted to kind of get into here is the difference between teaching economics and teaching money management. Like, obviously, there's some overlap and you can learn a lot of the skills like taxes and interest rates and all of that. But what is really the core difference here between, you know, teaching a sixth grader about money and teaching a sixth grader about economics?
1: Yeah, that's a that's a that's a great point, Bill. Um, A lot of people, when they think about economics, they, they they go, oh, so so money or managing money. And and of course that's uh that's under the umbrella of of economics, but that's not really economics. Uh, you know, it's the, the way we talk about it is uh business, okay, is is a commercial operation with with the purpose of of earning a profit. Business is a relatively simple thing of of acquiring something at at some cost and using it to produce something that somebody else will buy at a price high enough that you make a profit. So it's, it's relatively straightforward there. But economics is, is sort of the uh, abstraction of, of business practices. It's the, it's the principles behind, uh, behind what goes on in, in commerce. I mean, that's how Aristotle who was probably the first uh, economist, that, that's how we how got on the road. He, he saw these people engaging in commerce and, and he tried to understand what's the nature of what they're doing? What are the, what are the laws that govern this? And, and so economics are the, are the, the laws that, that govern commercial practices, much like uh, the laws of physics uh, govern mechanical things in the world. So economics is the is the big, big picture, the, the, the theoretical part of it. And, and one of the reasons that that people have struggled, that they do struggle with economics and it's and it has a terrible reputation as a field of study, uh, a well-deserved terrible reputation, is the theory has always been so messy. It's, it, it evolved in fits and starts. You know, Aristotle got a few things right, but he got some very important things wrong and and those errors carried forward to you know Adam Smith kept a few and then Karl Marx picked up a few and and created his disaster and then you know there were various forks in the road where where we would gain some 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 great wisdom about you know these these laws and so it's it's, it's been a messy trip to get here and then on top of that there's we said before, people are not angels, and and so all along the way, there are people with an interest in obfuscating the the real truth in economics. You know, you have you have all of your flim-flam artists uh, that are trying to fool people to believe different things, and so they we're we're still full of uh, lots of uh, fallacies and 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 kind of half truths. That they're very very hard to disentangle for somebody that that's not really really steeped in uh, in the whole field. So so one of the things that we do, uh, one of the reasons that it's that we're able to teach kids so young and and we're able to hand it to a teacher and in an hour they're like I got it I'm going, is that we've cleared away all this brush. Just like in an MBA program, you know we haven't we haven't tried to give every detail of business, economics, and entrepreneurship, we've tried to take the most important key points, the the essential stuff that you must know, and then link all those together in an integrated fashion so that the whole picture makes sense. A lot of the work we've done is just clearing away some of the nonsense that's that's in economics today. So managing money um, versus economics you know, your personal situation is somehow you have an income that comes from somewhere, a job or or your inheritance, if you're really lucky, but you have an income and then you have to spend money to to get certain things. And and so personal finance is this tiny bubble of you where you have money that comes in and then you have to make decisions of what to do with that money. And so it's a it's a relatively small universe. Uh You in your in your bubble of you, you bump up against this giant universe, which is all the commercial operations in the world. And and that's where economics is about being able to look at this giant bubble and understand what's going on, as opposed to just looking inside your bubble and and making ends meet from day to day.
0: Yeah, I was thinking of some of the language you use there as you were going through, and it, it kind of reminded me of when you get a bachelor's degree in economics. Right? It says a bachelor's of science in economics. Right? It's a it's a BS. Yes. It's not a it's not a BA. And you use the word laws. Right? You use the, uh, the the word systems. Right? And it it really is the difference between economics and money is that economics is the science right it's the group of laws it's the understand behaviors behind you know trade money value exchange where you know money management is really just how do you manage resources right and i i think that that that's the the most concise way to put it and you know, it's right there on the degree that the university hands you once you complete this course of study.
1: <laughs> yeah, and 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 you know, it's interesting. Um, so, economics is a science, um, but it's a social science. It's it, it's not a you know. I come from the hard sciences. My my initial education was in the hard sciences, and then uh, economics is is also certainly a science. It's a it's, it's developing and, and understanding certain laws that have universal applicability. But it's a, there's a crucial difference between a social science and the hard science. In the hard sciences, we're studying a mineral, uh, you know uh, water, for instance. And, and water behaves the same way. Always, it has no choice. It's it's just its properties are intrinsic, and that's what it is. So, if, you know, water boils at boils at 100 degrees centigrade, whether you're in China or America, or whether it's night or day, or whether it's a million years ago or a million years from now, water's water. But people, social sciences study people, and people aren't like that. People people change their minds. They they learn new things, they, they, they fail at things, they have, they have flaws, et cetera, et cetera. So you can't, you can't apply, for instance, mathematics. Uh, if, if you find an equation that works for, for water, now you can take that equation and apply calculus to it and, and manipulate it and, and, and everything that you do is valid and the results are true and, and it works. But with people, that doesn't work because the there are no constants. They're, they're constantly doing things differently. And so one of the big problems with economics is that it has, for the last uh, 50 years or so, has tried to ape the, the hard sciences and building mathematical models and yada, yada. And that's been just a real bad idea. Um, the The idea that you can predict how people are going to behave with a with a mathematical model i mean just just look at the feds predictions for gdp growth you know for one <laughs> quarter away they're terrible you know and and they change you know all during the quarter they keep guessing a different number and and then they, they still get it wrong and and you know they've got uh, thousands and thousands of the of the supposedly smartest phd economists in the world but um there that method is uh it doesn't work you can't you can't apply the hard science uh methodologies to the social sciences and and expect to have a great outcome yeah that's that's another reason it's that economic struggles these days
0: yeah one of the things that i always have had a huge knock on economics for is the idea that with all these models and all these tables a lot of times we assume that people are acting rationally and most of the time people are not rational actors. Uh, Sometimes they're emotional actors. Sometimes they make errors or bad decisions and sometimes they just don't want change. So theoretically, if you were to take a lot of these formulas and stuff that people are pushing, your goal would be the same, create the best quality product, the lowest price, And it would work every time, right? Well, we wouldn't have to do all these other things and look at how other people behave and have marketing groups and have sales groups and have all these other facets of business, right? It would just be as simple as supply, demand, you know, wages versus effort, you know, real simple stuff that's able to put on the graph. But the irrationality of humans, kind of makes it, like like you said, more of a social science than a hard science because even if you can write a formula that's supposed to predict, you know, how much money we can make if we forecast our business out, you know, three years, it's not going to be accurate, right? Just like if we try to value our company using 5X EBITDA with a discount factor of X percent, right? It's not... It, it, it's all useful from an observational standpoint, but unless people are acting one hundred percent rationally, which we know they are not, a lot of this stuff is mumbo jumbo.
1: Yes, it's it's. Um, so we we all do pro formas and 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 we all work around those things and 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 try to take direction from them, but we recognize, you know, the only thing we know for sure is that this thing is wrong right we don't know no. how wrong it is but but uh it, they're useful tools as as long as you understand their limitations
0: mm-hmm. and
1: the 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 more you you know for 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 our individual businesses we you know we have these we build these tools and then we constantly adjust based on what's happening in in real time and and that's how it all works, you know. We we all make our individual plans and, a, and adopt our plans, and they bump into everybody else's plans, and we're all adjusting and 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 seeking the the right place to be. When when some pointy headed economist decides that his plan is actually reality, you know, mm-hmm. then and and now reality must conform to my plan. That's when you run into a, a big problem, you know. One of one of Karl Marx's uh, things was he said we've solved the the problem of production is solved you know it's just a matter of a formula this this much coke and this much ore gives you this much steel you need this many people blah 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 we've we've solved the problem of production well no it's never solved you know the 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 price of coke and 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 ore change the quality changes the 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 people you have working retire you need to train i mean it's, it is constantly in flux your your, your capital is depreciating new techniques would be it's it's constantly changing and you know he he thought we know how to make things now uh the problem is just how do we distribute what we've made and and so we, you know, we're gonna we're gonna run this uh, Marxist system, which which of course is just an incredible disaster on 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 every front. When we decide that as you know our, our scientific abilities are are greater than they are, it's it's the real uh, to quote another guy uh, Hayek. It's the uh, yeah, it's, what's the name of his book? Uh, the Fatal Conceit. Yeah. You know, we we think too much of ourselves, and uh, we it it ends up being uh, suicidal
0: yeah no like i said sometimes we can get in our own heads about it and really just rely too much on formulas but it's like you said it's we know we're wrong the question is how wrong are we and having yeah. better data having more experiences and you know going through these exercises again and again makes them more accurate you know, within reason <laughs> and and uh, more even more valuable tools as we practice them more and more. So yeah. we're, we're getting a little close here on the end, but I want to know what were some of the observable benefits that you've seen since you've been doing this program for a little while now.
1: Oh the 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 benefits to kids are amazing. Um you know the the way we've run classes it's it's very activity focused um we like the kids to to experience these concepts and and then after they've experienced them we 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 give them the theory of you know here's what happens so they for instance um they'll they'll build parts out of pipe cleaners we give them a a a, a cost sheet and a And a spec sheet and say, you know, go to work, but here's, here's four different parts that you can build. And here's what they sell for. And, and this is what the raw materials cost. And, and so they, they, they build parts. And then after that, they take those parts and they, they do, do the accounting and, and build a P and L. And, and so they see how prices drive choices in their business. Right. They they on um, as as they're building the PL and as they're doing their production strategy, like, oh, this one sells for more. Maybe we should make more of them. And so they they understand how prices drive business decisions. And then they they negotiate to discover prices with each other. Um, and so they they know what that's like. They kind of have a feel for what is this price thing? And and then we we talk about the The deeper theory of what is a price, where does that come from? Uh, what is the money side of that price? What is money itself? Where does money come from? How did it evolve? How do you recognize something as money when you see it? And and then go on up to uh, the laws of supply and demand, finding prices in in the bigger market. So from the very very basic to the very theoretical, they have a a deep understanding of of what that means. It's an entirely different way to learn. It's it, it is it's almost always their favorite class because they're not sitting in a chair, you know, being lectured to or, or or whatever. They're they're doing and they're 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 finding this understanding that's applicable in the real world. A principal told me uh, the other day that she overheard two sixth grade girls uh, in the lunch line, and one of them says to the other how much you think the profit margin is on those Nutri-Grain bars? grain you know, bars. So we're in their head 24 seven. They they see these concepts and then they're out applying them uh, in the world and and figuring out how things work.
0: Yeah, I you really aren't kidding with the MBA thing. I heard price theory in there. I heard negotiations, heard Econ 101.
1: absolutely look we have 12 year olds that can talk to you about business cycles and capital structure yeah it's it's really amazing
0: yeah i mean it it really is all there it's you know it's amazing that you know you can condense this down and you can get into something that a you know sixth through 12th grader could understand and uh, it's definitely a very useful class to be teaching that they're going to get a lot of value out of during their lifetime so what are you up to next and how can listeners find you?
1: Well, you can, you can find all of our stuff at uh, middle school, MBA.com. Um videos, uh, the works. We, we also have, we have a, a video we brought out just recently called um, economics in one video kind of channeling Henry Hazlitt's uh, economics in one lesson. And, and that's for, for learners of all ages, uh, we start from zero. We assume you know nothing, and in 23 minutes, you you understand uh, basically everything. There's, I mean, not everything, right? It's not PhD, but uh, right. but but you have a, a complete understanding of the, all the important points in economics. And and that's our that's our thing. Now we're just scaling uh, this company. We're in schools around the world. We've got projects in in Africa and. And other places and we're just uh, just scaling this puppy and and trying to reach as many kids as we can.
0: Oh, well, if any luck, you'll be on Dave Ramsey's level soon.
1: <laughs> you know, Dave would be we would be a terrific upsell for Dave. When I, I when people ask me, do you do personal finance? I say no, you can get that from Dave Ramsey or or any number of other people. But, um, you know, Dave is in thousands of schools in the US and we would be a perfect upsell for him because, you know, now they've got, he's given them uh, um, personal finance and then we can give them business and economics to just round that out. So, yeah, one one of these days, Dave and I are going to run into each other and and work out this deal.
0: His guys go to a lot of conferences. You can probably get it done. So... (laughs) <laughs> Anyhow, it was it was really nice having you, John. Really appreciated you coming on the show. I'm sure everybody, you know, learned a little something about economics and you know how it can be great for the youth. Uh, guys, I want to remind everyone that we are Monday and Friday, so make sure you catch.